Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Today's episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents. And we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Well, Carrie, welcome back to the show. It's always great to have you. How are things going with you? Pretty good. Oh, so glad to hear your voice. We're excited to, I, I, we're recording in October, but this is going to be released in November and I cannot believe how quickly the year has gone. We're going to be winding it down uh, here in the next couple of months. Uh, any particular tips and tricks and thoughts that you've been hearing from folks that you want to pass along? Maybe things from family members, all that good stuff? Yeah. Um so, you know, when we do a lot of these podcasts, a lot of times we're talking about, you know, things that we recommend or, you know, investments or things like that. But it's, it's been on my mind a lot, just kind of thinking about my personal situation um, and things that, I'll, that I'm going to do over the next few months. Um, just as we head to the end of the year and towards the holiday season, um, I've been thinking about my current savings account balance and and what I need to be preparing for for the holidays and also just the unknown. I mean, you know, we keep hearing the word recession and I keep saying, you know, different things about it. But ultimately, I think for me, I'll feel better about things if maybe I'm a little over prepared um, versus under prepared. So that's kind of what's been on my mind lately. What are some of the things that you're doing or recommending for people to get prepared? Um, I don't know that you can ever be over prepared. <laughs> hits, but that's true. What are some of the things that you, you personally are doing? So lately I've been sort of preparing for the holidays and just thinking, okay, what, well, you know, what are the holidays going to look like for us this year? Our kids are older. We do have large family on my side, so we, we do, um, you know, have a lot of holiday events. So I was trying to get my ducks in a row as far as that and, and what is my spending going to look like for the holidays um, and make sure I'm prepared there. And then also making sure that I just have an emergency fund set aside. Not that I, you know, think anything necessarily is, you know, going to happen, 
but I just, it gives me a peace of mind knowing that I have some money set aside and, you know, you never know what next year holds, but just kind of preparing for that as well. If some things were to happen. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the things that um, if you were talking to, you know, client, you're sitting down with a client and you're saying to them, yep, I know that you know, the Fed's raising interest rates, which makes it more expensive to borrow. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why you want a larger than normal emergency fund because you don't want to borrow if you have to. Right. right things. Also, maybe putting a list of things together that could potentially need replacing. Uh, you know, it could be re- appliances, vehicles. You know, what are some mm-hmm. of the ages of mm-hmm. some of those things? And sort of, sort of starting to think about that sort of stuff as well might be really important. You know, something that I often, and and I'm very big on paying credit cards off at the end of every month, but looking at what you have available for credit Mm -hmm. and making sure those credit cards are paid down in case there is an emergency so that Mm -hmm. you have some borrowing power if you absolutely had to is another suggestion that I would make to clients. Absolutely. I know the big R word has been a concern of of folks. Um, Are you suggesting that people, you know, potentially have a a muter Christmas this year? Well, actually, um, I've actually, you know, keep up with our spending every month and I go through and, and see what we're spending our money on. And, you know, my kids are older, 16 and and one will be 20 in a, a couple of weeks. And so we're pretty open and honest with them. Just like we don't, may not tell them the details, but just, hey, you know, we're overspending in these categories. Um, and for us, July and August and September, we, you know, my daughter was home from college. My son's busy in sports always. That never ends. And we spent a lot of money on fuel, which for vehicles, which my daughter pays for her own gas a lot because she works. But just fuel and then food cost, not even eating out costs, but food costs are quite a bit higher. And then we did eat out a lot in September. I was just looking at that this morning um, because my son plays fall baseball and we are gone, you know, multiple days a week. Our food costs were higher. So I've actually talked, me and my husband had a conversation this weekend and we went through and I was like, let's just do a brain dump of things that we either need or want to spend money on in the next few months. That way we can have a priority list because it felt like a lot was coming up, like my daughter's birthday and Christmas and then it's hunting season and then also Um, she's in college and and she's going to be studying abroad and, you know, all these things are coming up. Um, So we, and then we need to spend some money on our driveway. Like there's just a lot of things that is conflicting goals. So we were actually driving to a baseball game that was a few hours away and we did a, like a a brain dump. This, this is what we need. We need to work on our, you know, work on our driveway. We need to put money aside for birthdays and holidays. So we went through that list And then I I think that was helpful because there were some things that I would say are wants that we put on the list Mm -hmm. that we had a discussion around and was like, normally this is something we probably would purchase, but given everything that's coming up and then just a little bit of fear of the unknown, we marked a few things off. Mm -hmm. So that was I think, and that's not something we always do. Like we, we do a lot of times 
talk about, you know, like, okay, this is our account balance and, and, you know, these bills are paid and these bills are coming up. But to sort of spend the time forecasting out like the next 18 months isn't always something that we do. Um, Mm -hmm. And we don't always put our wants on there. Like we always kind of put our needs, but we went ahead and put some wants on there just to see should we be buying things we want versus things we need. So it was a really helpful exercise and it really helped us get on the same page. Um, yeah. I think you you just, the phrase you just used, get on the same page is a really important, <laughs> really important <laughs> phrase. Yeah. Um, it's easy to get caught up in our day-to-day life and kind of start to veer off in, you know, opposite directions. So I do love the comment that you made about getting on the same page. And you guys had a, what do you say, a two-hour car drive in order to kind mm-hmm. of make that mm-hmm. happen. She would you could just grab a glass of wine and sit down and talk about yes. that. Or, yeah. <laughs> Most of our time has been in the car in September. Um, so we just decided it's September's over. It's a new month. Let's let's talk about some of these things that we're doing. And there's a few things, honestly, that we um, that we like previously purchased that we're doing um that I'm like man we probably you know hindsight I almost wish we hadn't done that one thing that we are we're going to uh we had planned something in October and we planned it months back and I was like gosh we probably shouldn't have spent the money on that so it's it's not a time to beat ourselves up because we've already Mm -hmm. done it but Mm -hmm. you know now we'll have a hotel bill that you know just things that we, and this is something we normally do. And it's like, gosh, this could have been a good year to skip that. We would have been fine. Um, not that life's about restricting ourselves, but sometimes it is mm-hmm. It is important to, to not do some things. Yeah, I think it's an interesting exercise. One of the things that I always say to people is, and I say this for um, when people are getting close to retirement, is to practice living off from the income that you would have to live off from if something happened. So for Mm -hmm. example, let's say, God forbid, Alan were to lose his job because of layoffs, right? Right. Would you be able, what would you have to change to live off from unemployment plus your income for three to four months, right? What, you know, what changes would you have to make? How would that look? How, how does that feel? What are the, what do you find out when you try to practice it? Because it's, when you're practicing it and it actually happens, it doesn't seem as emotionally challenging. I'm not saying it's not challenging or emotionally challenging, but it's like, okay, we have a plan. Now we have to we have to actually execute that plan. As unfun as it might be, it's not as scary because you've actually done it. Mm-hmm. It's not a mystery. You're not having to make those changes at the time. Right. And, events happen. And we like to think those events won't happen, but he and I have actually already lived through a, a layoff because before, you know, before I did financial planning, uh, previously I worked at the same place he did. Um, and an unexpected event occurred where the company we were working at was purchased by, there was a, another large company purchased it. And the department that I was working in, they called us at, in at 6 a.m. And, and let us know they were shutting it down. Mm-hmm. And it was very unexpected. And I was salary and I was told I may or may not have a job and it may or may not be in this state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was he was a, a production hourly worker 
and their union, and it's based on seniority. And I I knew instantly at this time we were both very young, and he hadn't worked there very long. So I, I knew what was going on, and I knew he would be potentially one of the people that was going to also get laid mm-hmm. off. So in one moment, I was told I may or may not have a job, and I knew he probably wasn't going to have a job. If enough people didn't retire or take the package they were offering, I knew he wouldn't have a job. And this is a large corporation that has, it was just very unexpected. And that happened to us. And we, you know, we are okay. And we lived through it. And fortunately, he got to keep his job. Um, But it does happen. Mm -hmm. And and I would say as young as we were, you know, we were newly married with little bitty babies. We were not financially prepared for what could have happened. So it's, it's one of those things while you think it may not happen and you, you think you're secure, you you never really actually know that. And now is a good time to be practicing just to see what it would look like, especially mm-hmm. if you do work for the same company, because a lot of our clients do have spouses that work at the same company that they work at, especially our New York clients that are in the Corning area, you know, husband mm-hmm. and wives both work for the same employer. So it, it does, you know, it, I think to practice the idea of, well, what if one of us gets laid off? Oh my gosh, what if t- both of us get laid off when mm-hmm. you work in a company? I think some of the things that you would look for is, you know, definitely cash flow, emergency fund, um, eligibility for unemployment, and there's a max on that. So it's not like all of your income would be replaced if you if you did get laid off. We also have to think about things like health insurance. You know, mm-hmm. that's that if you get laid off, you typically don't carry health insurance for you and your family. So what happens if if you're the primary, you know, person to carry health insurance? So those are all things that I know this isn't an exciting, fun topic, but these are all things that I think are really important. And the other thing that I've been looking at with a lot of people right now, although I guess it was more before interest rates went up, was refinancing and looking mm-hmm. at, you know, getting lower interest rates, but also potentially lower payments on some things because it's all about cash flow in those periods of time. I mean, that's really what we're talking about is cash flow, being able to manage the cash flow for that period of time. And that that's the number one priority that we focus on whenever there's some kind of event that causes income to decrease mm-hmm. unexpectedly. So you mentioned uh, Christmas was another thing that you guys are taking some time and and really thinking through this year. Any tips or ideas or anything that you're, you'd like to pass along to folks uh, along the lines? You know, it, it, it's hard not to think about your personal situation when you're when you think about Christmas and cash flow and things like that, um, with my kids being older, we've already had a conversation around, um, you know, Christmas is going to go on as usual. And of course, you know, we'll get them some gifts, but I've already kind of told them like, Hey, I know we're, we're very inconsistent and we don't have a certain set amount and what we spend on them. And we just kind of make sure like we spend the same amount on each of them, but each year's sort of different depending on how much we've put aside for Christmas. But I already told them this year, like, Hey, probably getting a few things and then we'll, we'll celebrate. We, we do some fun traditions on Christmas morning. Um, but I've just kind of given them a heads up, like, don't expect an extravagant Christmas. Like I can't think of a better way to say that, but, and they don't, you know, they don't do without, so they're, they're perfectly fine. So we've already sort of had that conversation regarding Christmas and and what to expect. Um, And I think for me, like being the, the one that does a lot of the Christmas gift purchasing, like I've pre-made up my mind that I'm not going to get panicky 
or overspend. Like I'm just not going to do it because I love Christmas. I, I love the holidays and I love it. And I love giving gifts. Um, but I think I've like, I've pre like, I've already decided I'm not going to make, um, any rash decisions because mm-hmm. I tend to do that during Christmas. That's one of the mm-hmm. bad money habits I have. I think that's a great tip to pass along is to make a list. I suppose it's that make a list, check it twice. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know? <laughs> yeah. And no emotion, like j- try not to be like emotional about it. Not in a bad way. Like I, I'm a very, you know, up, upbeat person during the holidays and that over joyous feeling, you know, can, can cause overspending even when you don't mean it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, those are all great tips. Anything as we head into the any last minute ideas that you would share with with the listeners as we head into the end of the year? Anything as you're going down through your list that you would suggest? I mean, the big thing that that I'm doing sort of daily or every other day is I'm just staying on top of my cash flow. I'm checking my checking accounts. I'm making sure you know, things are balanced and things are paid. And it's given me a really good peace of mind right now. Just I think when one thing you can control, right? Yes. Everything else that's out there, Mm -hmm, it's the one mm -hmm. thing that you can control. Yeah. And I think it helps me if I, you know, I'm a creature of habit. So one of the first things I do um, when I get to my computer in the mornings is that's what I do. I double check my bank account. I'm an old school checkbook balancer. I make sure my checkbook is balanced. Uh, You know, I look at my credit card make sure nothing got put on it. And then I know like, okay, this is the money's available to me for the remaining part of the week or day and just have this peace of mind about it. So I think don't ignore, stay on top of it for the next few months. And as we approach Christmas and into 2023. Yeah, I think a few other items. And I know, Carrie, you and I spoke a few days or a few hours ago, I guess it was, and you had said that you had some issues that I want to bring up uh, just before we close with regards to your uh, debit card being compromised. Mm -hmm. Before we do that, before we dig into that, I'd like to take just a quick break and talk about this week's wine pick. Hi, Wine and Dime listeners. This month we are featuring Pudding River Wine Cellars from Salem, Oregon, located in the Willamette Valley. As you recall, Brent and I spent some time out there this summer. We really enjoyed ourselves. I'm going to start with the heavy one this month because I know the holidays are coming and when you're listening to this, you might be thinking about planning for the holidays. So actually, I'm going to recommend two wines. One is the Wallace. Walla Valley Syrah dessert port style wine that they have great to go after heavy meals and when you don't quite want that pumpkin or apple pie or don't like it at all. And then if you're trying to pair something up with your Thanksgiving dinner, they have two Chardonnays that you might want to check out. It's their uh, 2015 Willamette Valley Chardonnay and their 2021 Willamette Valley Stainless Steel Fermented Chardonnay. So if you like that mineraliness, you might like that wine. Hop on over to Pudding River Winery and um, check out what their options are if you're looking for something from Oregon. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy it and it's puddingriver.com is the website. Back to our show. So we were talking about the fact that you've had a couple situations where you've had some, I won't say identity necessarily, but some issues with the debit card compromise. Yes. I, so I had my card compromised a few months back and I just canceled my debit card. 
um, and replaced it. And then it happened again. And I believe it was because of the app that I had used to do an online purchase. Then later, like a few days later, my card was used on their website and I didn't go on and buy anything from their website. Um, and I called the, or I went and disputed the charge through my bank and the bank within a couple of days gave me my money back. And again, I'm a person very old school. I check my checking account all the time and I always balanced. Well, like three weeks later, there was a withdrawal from my bank account. And, you know, a lot of times when you look at your bank account, it'll tell you where the money, you know, where you spent the money, you know, wherever the purchase was. This didn't give me any indication where this money went. It just said withdrawal. And I knew it wasn't an ATM withdrawal. It just, it was an odd looking thing. So I called the bank and I was like, just asking them, you know, just, I'm not saying this wasn't me, but what is this transaction? Because it doesn't give me any information. And they Mm -hmm. said, oh, well, that was the dispute you made. So you disputed the charge. The merchant came back and said that it was you. And it and it honestly, like it was not me. I've never, you know, I, I know how much money I'm spending. So I got a little upset. Um, and in the scheme of all that, one thing that I realized is I have too many online sign-ons. I have too many bank accounts. Like I have too many things going on. So, uh, you know, I obviously wasn't real happy with the bank. They told me to contact the merchant, which didn't feel right either. Um, So I got a little upset. But in the meantime, what I've done is I've went in and cleaned up a lot of my, um, you know, we we use an online password manager. And I just started going through my personal one. And I had too many online sign ons. And so what I did was I started going to ones that I don't use. And I was deact like closing those accounts like I had mm-hmm. one, yeah, I had one that was like where I had done a grocery pickup at a grocery store that I hardly ever go to more. I email, I chatted with them, closed this account, and I went through and made sure like my credit card and my debit card is not on anything now. So if I have to purchase something, I have to put in my number. And that may be me being overly cautious, but it also was a good exercise in making me aware of what I have a big online presence. So thinking through a lot of those things and just making sure that you're secure and looking at your bank account enough to know when someone fraudulently used your card. Yeah. I was thinking about the fact that you said you go in every day and look at your you know, bank account. Thankfully you do. Were you, were you able to actually get that and disputed properly or? They, no. So I disputed the charge. My bank gave me the money back after a few days. But then that's why I was saying like three weeks later, the merchant mm-hmm. went back to the bank and said, they actually did make this purchase. So my bank gave them the money back without I'm contacting sorry. me or anything. Like and my are bank you working to get that redisputed? Um, they told me I would have to contact the merchant and I've not done that yet. Okay. So that's something that's on your to-do list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm just tired of messing with it. I mean, the fact that, you know, the lesson that you've learned is to, you know, go online and protect your online um, presence, as you were saying, mm-hmm. great tip to to really, you know, pass along to the listeners. Mm-hmm. So great tips that you've had, Carrie, for our show today um, as we head into the end of the year and, um, you know, think about the holidays. 
We hope that you all will tune in for the rest of uh, the episodes that are coming up this year. And if there's anything particular that you'd like to listen to, please let us know. Thank you for listening to the show today, as always. And we hope you, like I said, enjoyed it. We would love it if you would share this with your friends, rate us on iTunes, especially since that helps other people find us. Thank you, everyone. And we hope you have a great holiday season. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.